If you'd like to support Book Reviews Kill, please click on the Patreon link in the description for this episode. Hello, you are listening to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. This week in fictional news, after 16 years, author Cormac McCarthy has announced the release of not one, but two novels in 2022, titled The Passenger and Stella Maris. Both of the novels are intertwined and tell the doomed love story of a brother and sister tormented by the legacy of their father, a physicist who helped develop the atomic bomb. This sounds pretty cool. Wow, it does. Sounds very heavy, just like McCarthy's other works. Cannot pick a light topic, old Cormac. (laughs) It's funny. I was just kind of wondering about that because The Road came out so long ago, 16 years ago. And I was like, is he done? Is that is that all of it? That's the last book that he came out with, right? Yeah, it was. And and he doesn't do. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, me too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I still haven't seen the movie. I need to watch the movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so, so bleak. Like everything's already so bleak. I, I don't know. need to watch. I know. I want like, like smutty vampire romances right now. Like I don't want to read like dark. But we weren't going to really find out much because he, he doesn't do press. He doesn't no. do like do interviews or any. I think he did one with Oprah and I watched it and he looked uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> he really looked like he didn't want to like, be there. I'm a writer. <laughs> Does he have an accent? I don't know. No, he's, uh, he's from, I think he's from like Tennessee. Okay. Or something. I, I I could be wrong about that. But he's an um, older guy, though, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's pretty pretty old. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing more about those. Uh, what have you been up to this week? I wish I had something more interesting to talk about, but I, <laughs> I'm still playing Elden Ring. <laughs> Some Elden Ring, I, huh? Oh my god. I'm all, I'm at the end. I'm at the last boss. Wow, that's impressive for an open world game. Yeah, I'm done. I'm I'm pretty much done with the game. I've done a lot, and I'm I'm kind of at the point now where I just. I just want to be done with it. Right. I love it so much. It's one of the best games I've ever played, but man, I just I'm I'm tired. And this last boss is if anyone's listening and they're where I'm at right now, it's a uh, there's a lot of like two phase bosses in Elden Ring where like you get somebody's health bar all the way down and you're like, "Yeah, I'm the Elden Lord." And then there's just like this other phase where it's like this even stronger thing that you have to fight now and you're already down on all your health flasks and stuff and it's just right. like And then if you lose the fight, you have to start all the way over at the all beginning. All the way over. Oh, yeah. So That's so brutal. That's a yeah, hope killer right there. It is, but I'm almost done with it and uh it was it's been it's been good. But oh, I am yeah. looking forward to kind of getting back on my normal schedule. I'm also almost finished with Empire of the Vampire. I've got like less than 100 pages left in it, and it is so excellent. I'm going to do a whole review on the podcast and on TikTok and everything. And it's just one of my favorite books that I've read, not even just in the last year, but like ever. It's top tier, in my opinion. I mean, I think it's up there with Rothfuss and Scott Lynch and Robin Hobb and Song wow. of Ice and Fire. I mean, like it's, in my opinion, it's it's as good as a vampire story could be. Wow. I remember when you started it, you were probably only an hour or two into reading it and you were like, this is a very good book. And you made the same comparison up there with those like pinnacle level books. I was like, whoa, really? I know it's high praise. That's high praise. I'm kind of a sucker for like those books where it's someone telling someone else's story. You know, it's I don't know what it is about those. It's just like there's so much, there's always so much tension. They're telling this story, but there's also these events happening in like the present quote unquote right and it feels like something's gonna give here like something you know so yeah but it's it is unfortunate because it is the first book out of i think three and it's the only one that's out 
right now. So I am playing that game, but I will, I, I feel very okay with rereading this. Like when the second book comes out, I'm absolutely going to buy it the day it comes out and I'm going to reread this one and I'll reread both of them when the third one comes out. So you're in it for the long game. <laughs> yeah. If there is one kind of like, you know, one of my stipulations to reading an unfinished series is, am I going to be okay with rereading that first one? So I, I will be. Yeah. That's a mark of a good book right there. Absolutely. What have you been up to? Uh, well, you mentioned in a previous podcast, sometimes you would just pick up a book and start reading it that you've read it before, like in the middle. Well, I decided to take a page out of your book. I started reading The Hobbit just right in the middle. What part did you start at? I put in the cave where they're on top of the mountain and then they get taken by the orcs or the goblins. Goblins. Yeah. Goblins. There we go. And, uh, and then they escape with the barrels and where Frodo gets the or, uh, Bilbo gets the ring. They don't escape with the barrels there. No, they don't escape with the barrels there. My bad. God, I read that part too. <laughs> you were just reading forward. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I read some of that and then I just jumped around a little forward and I jumped all over the place. It was fun. Yeah, all the chapters in that book are really like episodic. You mm -hmm. know, cause I'm pretty sure because Tolkien was reading, Tolkien was like writing The Hobbit um, and then like reading a chapter to his kids. Oh, so, okay. Like, yeah, so like each chapter has kind of its own arc. Arc? Yeah. Mm. Jinx. Hey. <laughs> that's awesome uh, but yeah it was really good and, and it reads like that where each one i was very content reading just a chapter or two from time to time uh, in addition to that i finished the show the foundation season one. Oh, i really enjoyed it isaac asimov was way ahead of his time like he wrote that in 42 yeah there's some major physics problems with some of his space scenes uh but man that's fully acceptable for him being from 1942 writing that stuff. And his world is just really interesting. It's like a not so long ago in a galaxy far, far away -y version of Star Wars. And I just kind of really resonated with this whole galaxy. Yeah, I think a lot of people give Asimov credit for kind of ushering in the, uh, the space opera. A lot of ideas in that book are echoed in many, many other science fiction books. Many times when I'm reading an old school book, I find the ideas to be very good, but the story to be a little not so good. Um, what was your opinion on the actual flow compared to modern day fantasy or sci-fi? I didn't like the writing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Not even a little bit. I mean, it's it's not bad. It's just it feels like a science teacher yeah. telling me some like really good ideas that he had. And just because I think that with more contemporary sci-fi, it just reads more like a story. You know, mm -hmm. like, like digs into some characters more, at least for the most part, I've noticed. I mean, like the old sci-fi giants, like, you know, your your Asimovs and your Herberts and Heinleins and uh, Arthur C. Clarke and stuff like that. And it's like all of those ideas are so cool and so ahead of their time. They're so responsible for all of everything that's been coming out lately. But like, I'd rather read Tchaikovsky yeah. than Heinlein at this yeah, point. The, it's like the difference between being a story giver and a storyteller you know they're yeah. like giving me an awesome story and a really cool idea but the telling of it is very like you said kind of um, textbooky yeah but i mean i think some people really like that stuff and i mean i personally don't really but it's worth reading it even you know what i mean it doesn't have to be the way that things are written today all the time for you to enjoy yeah. it you know i mean like a stranger in a strange land is a really really excellent book by robert heinlein but it's really dense and slow like a really slow yeah. book but the ideas the ideas are excellent you know so much the same way with uh asimov yeah i felt that very much you'll probably disagree with me but i felt that way about um 
Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> yeah. It's just oh, so much meat in that sandwich. Uh, also, I finished Sumunk Kid's Book of Longings, and boy, what an awesome read that was. It's just, just beautiful. It's just well-written, and the descriptive language is just, it's not overly flowery or trying too hard. It's just pretty words. Did you get anything cool out of it from the story? Like, did it make you think about anything yes. like a little bit differently or yeah actually i made a um tiktok about it earlier today in fact the author describes intimacy and in a way that i just like really liked kind of talking about to expose the hidden areas within oneself to another person i just stopped there just thought for a long time about like wow that's really like i don't know i just found it very insightful and was something that i'm gonna like actively try to do uh, and friendships and real, any relationships. And just, I don't know, I, I found that to be very insightful and just a cool way to describe intimacy. It's kind of like exposing the, that vulnerability to somebody yeah. else. And, and not yeah. only that, but just like your true inner dialogue, you know, like there's just right. some things that you don't want to say to other people or reveal about yourself, whether it's based off of like an insecurity or just you don't think anyone's going to care or a passion that you may have that you might think is stupid that you think other people will think is stupid. And just to <laughs> just get rid of all that stuff and preconceived notions and just put yourself out there. And I found that to be just very, um, I don't want to use insightful again. Give me another word. <laughs> Illuminating. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> I found that. I found that to be uh, very illuminating. What a great word. Such a good word. I think we're ready to just jump right into the fictional fun fact. What about you? I think so. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got uh, I got an interesting one here. All right, hit me. The author of The Hunger Games, Suzanne Collins, was one of the writers of the 1990s TV show Clarissa Explains It All. No way. Yep. I loved that show. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I don't know no, why. <laughs> most of my friends loved that show. That's why I found it and put it in here. I never watched it myself because I grew up without cable. But Oh, you didn't have cable growing up? I didn't no, know. No, I didn't. No. My what mom, did you watch? Me, uh, Dude, I didn't, not much, OPB, my mom, except even then, my mom was like very strict. She didn't want me watching Arthur because um, he was mean to DW's little sister. She thought I set a bad example. So I mean, Arthur was like, a, I have to sneak off and be a little rebel to watch Arthur. <laughs> man, I really love the Hunger Games books. Me too. They're, They're excellent. so good. I read them last year and I, I had watched the first two movies but when they turned the third one into two movies, I was I was just like, I don't want to deal with any of this. No. I, I don't care that. But then uh, I read the first one because um, it was just like laying around. And I so I read it like really quickly in like three days or something. Yeah, me like, too. You, you really tear through those books. Those books just get progressively darker and mm -hmm. just darker and darker and darker. And like uh, Katniss is such a cool character. She's like the ultimate reluctant protagonist. Like she doesn't want to deal with yeah. any of this stuff. <laughs> so not down she's like the hero she's like Ugh, i hate this she keeps getting just pulled back in to this situation and she's just like i just want to be with my family and i just want to hunt stuff and i just want to be able to eat like i just <laughs> i don't want any more men to fall in love with me she becomes like this i know try i'm going light on spoilers here but like she just becomes like this um what's the word i'm looking for like the face of a right the face of a revolution other, yeah at like 16 like the symbol seven, oh, <laughs> no thank you no way no that would be way too much to handle that's quite a leap from clarissa explains it all right to some of the most popular dystopian books ever written uh did you ever watch the um show uh, the movie battle royale 
No, uh, people always tell me that I need. That's a book too. Oh, is it? Uh, no. Yeah, uh, people always tell me I need to read that book because I talk about Hunger Games now and mm. then on the TikTok, the old TikTok. It is like a very big boy Hunger Games. So when it's you're just like it, you're way like, more gruesome. You're way more gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it on, uh, as a movie, and I was like, "Ooh, it's like the Hunger Games. This would be cool." And then ten minutes in, I was like, "Oh my goodness! Oh yeah. wow!" <laughs> not because <laughs> yeah. even the hunger games like when i went and saw the first one in theaters i remember thinking this is really gruesome and really i mean it wasn't really like graphic but just the the heaviness mm -hmm. of that situation killing you your know, friends like to the death you know and, they, and the movie did a really good job at kind of like really driving home that these kids are dying like when you're up you know she's going up in like that tube and you're just mm -hmm. like, I could die in like five minutes. Yeah. Like really in, in a very, very horrific way. Oh, yeah. Like someone could smash my head in with a rock in the next 10 minutes. That's right. actually pretty likely. Yeah. And everyone's going to watch. Yeah. And then yeah. they set it up to like, oh, as if that's not bad enough. Parts of the map start killing you after a while. Like the forest fire that rages through just all sorts of terrible things. I've heard uh, I haven't read a whole lot of young adult dystopian books but i've heard that hunger games kind of spawned like this whole you know it's, it's kind of like what with uh like harry potter did in like the early aughts you know it's like mm -hmm. everybody wanted to read about like wizard schools and like yeah. you, know, you know what i mean and then so then there was like this kind of flood of dystopian like really gritty edgy like you know one person against the whole world at like 15 years old like there's like the divergent books like divergent and allegiant or i can't remember the names of those um where everybody has like one emotion in this dystopian world something like that was ender's uh, game after yeah Ender, ender's game was in like the 70s oh oh well i did not know that they're like using like ipads in ender's game. yeah that's like it's, wow yeah he thought of like immersive vr and like video games and stuff yeah like, like that stuff was way ahead of its oh, time that's way ahead of its time uh and i wonder even if without the hunger games we would have things like squid game i don't know uh i mean i i, I still i still haven't watched Squid. oh squid you game. gotta <laughs> so sorry uh, how many times I, do, I mean i know what it's about uh it's like people that are kind of competing to the death to erase like debts yeah right uh -huh. is that like yeah. the idea yeah and they get a ton of money so they'll not only be able to erase all their debts the reason why they joined the game they kind of prey after people who are in extreme, you know, uh, life crushing debt. And that's how they get these people to acquiesce to do the game in the first place. All right. That's going to do it for us today for the Monday Morning Minute. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening, for hanging out. I hope you have an awesome day and, of course, an awesome rest of your week. Don't work too hard. Indeed, do not. And if you'd like to get on the Audible train, there's a link below to a 30-day Audible Premium membership with two free credits. Also, if you'd like to join the Discord, get in on this conversation and many, many others, go ahead and click the link in the description on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody.